Dom here. <laughs> it's Wasteland, an anime podcast, and we are back to discuss book three of Avatar, The Last Airbender. I am, I mean, I already said who I was. And like I said last week, I'm not doing intros anymore for uh, my gracious co-host, whoever that may be this week. It's your boy, Nathaniel. Uh, last week, I did declare myself the Prince Zuko of the group, but you took kind of the Zuko intro there. Um, Usurp that shit. That's what happens when you get to go first, though. That's true. Um, but tis your boy, uh, Nathaniel Garofalo, the Prince of Anime, as has been established, along with the King of Anime, Dom yeah, Escalvon. Like and um, yeah, book three, we're finally, I mean, finally, we've, it's only been three episodes, <laughs> but... Uh, it's been trudging along, you know, it's a season or excuse me, a book, an episode. Um, so yeah, it, it's felt like, you know, a long journey packed into three small episodes. Um, word, but I mean, we can get to that. Yeah, we can, we can get there. We got mm-hmm. plenty more to talk about. Uh, True. first, most importantly, mm. uh, Let's gab. Let's gab about Gabagool, my friend. <laughs> you and uh, yeah. your girlfriend. You you set out on what some might think would be an unsurmountable journey to uh, get through all of the Sopranos, and I think it was like four weeks or something, maybe less. Yeah, I don't know. In order to watch uh, the Many Saints of Newark before it was taken off of HBO Max on the very last day, even though I mean you've had access to my HBO account for months, and I know. Yeah, well, no, I, but this is very you. You wait till the last minute. So talk yeah. to me about your journey uh, with the DeMeo crime family. Let, let's get into it. Let's get into the Sopranos. You had some very hot takes initially. <laughs> I'd, I had, And I want to know if they still hold fast. I had one hot take about Christopher, um, but we, yeah, Christopher. we'll get to that. Um, high level thoughts, though. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily recommend anyone try and watch all the Sopranos in like (laughs) under four weeks it was hell i don't ever want to do that with a show again tell me why that was hell like well okay what are we talking about i i think that there's a way to like binge shows uh in like long big long shows in short period of periods of time but there was something about the deadline like it was just with the many saints of newark getting taken off on halloween it was like this ticking time bomb in the back of our minds. So it, it put this like annoying kind of mm. pressure on the whole thing where we didn't have like legitimate fights, but kind of like, you know, play fights where we're like, we, I, we didn't fucking watch the Sopranos tonight. And, and you know, <laughs> and, and it, you know, it, it just caused undue tension, tension yeah, and strife uh, where I, but but it, it it was great. I mean, I, I love The Sopranos. I think this was my third time, uh, my third watch through. Um, but like I mentioned, I probably in a previous podcast, uh, yeah, my girlfriend had never seen The Sopranos. All she knew, I think, was that she did know that there was like a controversial ending and something mm. about it cutting to black, but she didn't have any context for that. Um, other than that, um, yeah, I mean, just, I I always love watching things vicariously through other people. It's, it's one of the best things. Um, so it was very interesting, but also a little bit annoying because she, 
I've mentioned to you probably, but I don't know if ah. I mentioned on the podcast, but she we're very different watchers of media. Uh I, I did get her to watch a fair chunk of Sopranos looking at the screen. Um so I'll take you know, it's it's a win in my book, but right, um, right. there were many episodes where she was treating it more as a podcast than a uh you know cinematic television show with a, a bold, visual very language <laughs> um you know and so there was pl- plenty of times where I, you know i would turn and i'm like what just what just happened uh, and and it was like and there was like you know there'd be like little moments like you know a look from Tony that indicates something or right. I can't, you got to yeah. catch those moments where he's like, where he looks at the, uh, the orange juice and you know, he doesn't like it with all that pulp, but later on, that's going to come back to haunt him because Carmel is going to get him the one pulp. You got to see him looking at that orange juice. It's crucial. All the, the minutia folks. Yeah. I mean the, the sheer level of like Tony's facial expressions that like, portray his vast levels of annoyance with everything is Uh. off the charts i mean there should be like a visual dictionary of just all all his like Like, how are you feeling today on a scale of like one to ten tonys like what i mean Mm. the amount of years that he took off his life just from how frustrated he gets at the little things it's the man was like 38 or 39 at the beginning of the show Mm -hmm. and season one and that boggles my mind because he already looks old as shit there like i'm like all right he's already not but he's still like a young man as uh season one hits but by the end of it you're just like jesus christ tony you gotta you gotta get some work done you gotta you gotta get to the gym you gotta eat better put the gaba ghoul down yeah i mean but yeah, do? I mean, I, I know that they, you know, they obviously shot it over like, you know, seven or eight years or whatever it was. But like, I, I feel like seeing everyone at the end of the show versus the beginning, like everyone looks not just older naturally, but everyone looks like, you know how when you see pictures of like a president at the beginning of their term and then at the end, <laughs> they look like haggard. Yeah. And, like, I feel like that's it's just all Tony. Like Tony is the presidency and he's just wearing on everyone else I can around see that. him um so tell me how'd you guys enjoy the movie i mean well mm-hmm. before that did you still uh keep your whole christopher is the most toxic person in the sopranos universe thing do you still hate christopher Montesanti? <laughs> i no, I, I don't hate chris at all but he i i just think it really comes down to just i don't know there's something about I don't know if I can justify it, but there's just something about his relationship specifically with uh, Adriana mm. that just seems worse than anyone else's relationship with each other. Even though Tony, really? even like, cause with Carmela and Tony, it's like obviously horrifically toxic, but like Carmela still, ha- at least Carmela has some level of like dignity and power. And I feel like Adriana just, has nothing and it it feels like i i don't know that i like i can believe on some level i guess that like tony does have like there is some remnant of like a loving relationship like 
somewhere hidden in the Tony and Carmela thick of it. But with Chris and Adriana, it just feels like a complete, like I don't see the love there from Christopher at all. Like it feels just like he's this leech that just like sucks her life energy out until she's wiped off the planet. Yeah, I guess I can see, like, I don't see the mutual attraction between the two. It's just a very stereotypical, like, uh, Jersey boy, Jersey girl type thing. Not so much with uh, Tony and Carmelo, where you can see some history there. Like, they they feel drawn to each other like two magnets, whereas yeah. with Chris and Adriana, it's it's mostly, like, just all flash and substance. Yeah, yeah there's really... I, okay. Yeah, and I mean, like, Tony is definitely... With Tony's relationship with, like, Carmela he maybe like shoves her around a few times. Uh, yeah, he, but he's, maybe. Okay. okay I, I'm not there was saying that time he pushed her into the wall and he was going to like break her head. Like, dude. Yeah. Okay. Huge. But I'm not, I'm not saying, okay. Compare what, what Tony but Carmela had it coming. Yes, I get it. No, and I know what you're going to say. Okay. If you take any normal person's relationship in the real world and compare it to Tony and Carmela, it's horrifying. But take Tony's physical violence towards Carmela and compare it to Chris and Adriana. He is just like, it's way worse. There's no way he you can deny He accidentally killed a dog. But other than that, what did he do? Are you serious? What did he do? To I her. mean, he hit her that one time, right? He punched her or something? He beat then, the shit out of her like multiple times. Is that he what almost, happened? He almost choked her to death once. Hmm. At least one time. But was he on heroin when he did it? I think the I think when he tried to choke her to death, he was sober. Because that's when really? she that's when she told him about the FBI. Okay, well, Jesus, Nathaniel, you gotta oh, so give now, me some so context she, here. So now she had it coming. Uh, in the terms of the story, I look, no face, no case. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta make him go away. That's his she uncle Tony's pull, doing. She was trying to pull him out. She was trying you to save him. You can't pull him out. You can't pull him out. He's in, I, he's in I there. didn't say it was an easy. Yeah, I know, but I'm just, whatever. She should have known better. See, Carmelo would have known better. That's all I'm saying. Either way, did you, uh, did you guys enjoy the movie? Yeah, I, I did like it. Um, it did feel like uh, no matter, I feel like no matter how good the movie was going to be, like it was kind of just ridiculous, you know, cause we're doing, we're like just putting ourselves through all this stress mm. to like finish just for this <laughs> two hour movie. Yeah. You know? So now you're just seeing all the fan service like laid out in front of you or whatever in the movie. Yeah. I mean the movie, I, I did like the movie, but yeah, I've been very interested to like talk with you more in depth about it because I, I was a little conflicted in some ways. I I just can't like I feel like I just can't get around wishing that it it just felt like there was so much more to be fleshed out there. Do you not do you not agree? Uh I was fine with what it was, actually. I enjoyed the story. I I mean this was just like a little slice you know what i mean i can mm. i took it for what it was now knowing that there will or there may be more that makes me happy because had it been had they tried to jam pack it in or made it like some three-hour uh irishman epic where they get well, all the nods then i would have been like 
it may have been bloated. It may have been overstuffed, but we're leaving saying like they could have done so much more and now they get the opportunity to. So I feel like David Chase kind of, he played it, he played it the right way. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I get, I don't know that I wish it was a longer movie. I guess I just wish it was more, I, I wish it was something like a, miniseries i think just because i don't Mm. know it it was strange coming off of the tv format where we're watching the show unfold with very concise you know episode structures of the whole thing and then to come to this movie where you're getting all this context and all this stuff is trying to explore but packed into like the length of two episodes Uh you know and so i I guess I just felt like at some of those big moments in Main Saints of Newark, I, it just felt like I didn't have like a super strong emotional reaction to anything because I just felt like there wasn't enough time to like process what I was seeing before it happened. Like, you know, with, I mean, are we spoiling Main Saints of Newark or? I mean, it's not even on HBO Max anymore. If That's anyone true. was going to see it, like the time is gone. Yeah, I just felt like um everything that Dicky, like you know, Dicky drowning his gumar, mm-hmm. like that didn't really I didn't really feel much from that just cuz she wasn't she, you know, didn't have that much to do necessarily. Right. You know, and like um what was his name? Harold, right? Harold, yeah. Like his whole story, I just wish there was more. Like, so his payoff at the end just felt like, okay, I mean, it's, it just felt, it was just like a, like if you took all his scenes, it was probably like what, like 15, 20 minutes of the movie, you know? Yeah. It just felt like I, and then the whole thing with Junior, like being the one to put the hit out on Dickie, I was like, okay. I don't know that that kind of I think that was like the big thing that fell. Why? I enjoyed that actually. Flat. It just felt like like I know that Junior is not above taking someone out for like a stupid reason, but this felt just somehow like especially stupid hmm. to to the point where it it didn't feel like I could even see it coming. It was just like oh. I guess it's because Dickie kind of laughed at him when he fell. I mean, this come, uh, this see, this is what happens when you binge an entire series and you leave yourself one viewing for a movie. Dickie was given uh, Junior the business throughout that entire movie. He was shitting on him. He was like just giving him little jabs left and right. And Junior was just like sitting there side eyeing him, taking it. Everyone was giving Junior shit. And this is just, I mean, we're seeing that Junior's been taking it his entire life. He's always the butt of the joke. But what we didn't know even back then is how cunning and how manipulative and how just cutthroat Corrado Soprano is. He was willing to kill his nephew after joking that uh, Uncle June likes to go down on women, which I guess is like, you know, frowned upon yeah, in the but Italian that wasn't, community. That was like a piece of the puzzle. That wasn't the, sure, the reason. But that's what I mean. Him slipping, Corrado slipping in the rain I, and uh, Dickie laughing was a piece of the puzzle. 
You see what happens, but, folks? You got to do the homework. You can't yeah, just show but, it to the podcast. I, okay. I, People get I, on podcasts and just say anything these days. Yeah, okay. I guess I'd have to watch it again knowing that from the beginning. But like Junior d- didn't have that many scenes. He okay. had less than like... He had less than Harold. He he had less than the girlfriend, probably the the Italian Gumar. So like, I don't yeah. know how many see for the audience. I get that he's a character who's been taken it his whole life, but like, in terms of what we saw on the screen between him and Dicky, I don't think it was enough to for me to be like, oh yeah, that makes sense for what I got to see on the screen. I got it. I understood what David was going for. That's all I'm saying. Um, you know, sometimes less is more, Nathaniel. Well, fair enough. Um, did you uh, enjoy uh, Michael Gandolfini's portrayal of Tony, a young Tony Anthony? Yeah, I I think he nailed it, but uh, I feel uh, yeah, I don't know. I I I think he did a good job, but I think with the film's like marketing, with like. Mm. We're seeing we're seeing the guy who made Tony Soprano, and we're gonna see Tony begin. Like that was another thing that I didn't really get the payoff <laughs> with him and the Pinky Promise. Like they, the two of them, it felt like didn't even have that many scenes together. Mm. And then you had like a couple scenes with. I was very surprised at how little uh, Tony was in it, and and a and like one one big scene we got with little Tony was a scene that was in the show that they just yeah. re redid for this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I thought it was good and I enjoyed it, but I just like, it's just a lot of those like moments just didn't really hit me in like an emotion, like a really emotional way, I guess. Hmm. Okay. I just wish there was more time and I don't necessarily mean like, Oh, a big, three-hour Irishman epic, but just like, yeah, I don't know, more of a, it it didn't feel like The Sopranos, I guess, Hmm. to me. And maybe that's because it wasn't, you know? I mean, because The Sopranos isn't, it's, it's it's the collective of James and all the other characters, like the actors' names that I don't know, but, uh, what I'm saying is uh, The Sopranos isn't necessarily just something that can feel like The Sopranos because David Chase is doing it. It feels like The Sopranos because of the actors that were involved in that series. This feels like something completely different because it is completely different. It leads up to The Sopranos. I don't know. That's just, Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I listened to a number of interviews with David Chase of him talking about this and like... I, I kind of feel what he was saying in the in those interviews where he he didn't you know he didn't want to do a Sopranos movie and right. getting him to agree to this once he got the angle on like the race riots in Newark that was what was compelling to him and so it felt like he wanted to do something else and it just kind of felt like the sopranos was kind of wedged in this weird way like the sopranos name was kind of wedged into this story and you kind of get this weird mishmash what do you of think like, it was that he wanted to do well i don't know it, it felt like 
there could have been a movie just about the race riots in Newark, but you mm. kind of like get that a little bit, but then you also get the Sopranos thing with like some fan service. And it's kind of this weird thing where the only thing tying it together is the fact that they're all the characters are kind of in Newark at the same time. And like Dickie and Harold know each other and have a couple of scenes together. So mm. it just feels like it's this weird thing of both like i feel i feel like i almost would have rather it just been a movie about the the race riots <laughs> than trying to pretend like and maybe it's what? not it maybe it's not david chase's fault that you know i don't think he he didn't handle the marketing but the marketing was very much like i don't know just made it feel like maybe the producers and HBO wanted it to be something else. And it kind of was the best of the best quote unquote of both worlds. And it kind of mm -hmm. was this weird thing, but I don't know. I, I, I didn't dislike it at all. It was just, I guess, I don't know. Those are my thoughts. Okay. But what, right. but what did you, I, I want to just close on this with um, what you thought about all the characters who were, reprising roles from the original uh, like who did you think didn't nail it well which, one, which ones fell flat for you Polly kind of fell flat for me like there hmm. just wasn't enough of them you know like Polly is such he's such a fucking character in the Sopranos hmm. to where uh in many saints yeah, they gave him like these little instances and I'm sure like he becomes more Polly over the years, but I just don't feel like the guy playing Polly in the moment like was giving me any, he, he wasn't giving me any Polly. Um, I will say that the dude who played Syl, he did a pretty good impression, you know, with the arms out and uh, the way that he talked and then the tilting of the head. Um, wasn't enough a big pussy for me. I'll say that. Like, Yeah, he had like one he, line. He had, yeah, he had one or two lines and cool. Um, but I think with David Chase signing that deal, we'll see these guys more. We'll see what they become. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that, yeah. that'll be more interesting because we're going to see Tony go from this grunt to, uh, to start raising or uh, rising through the ranks. Hopefully, fingers crossed, maybe that's what we'll see when, uh, David Chase comes back for his next installment or, uh, or whatever he does. Because I mean, this ends around what the late seventies. I think so. Mid to late seventies, I think. And, uh, that's around the time where Tony started. I mean, <clears throat> he didn't go to, he didn't go to college. Like he did a semester, I think, and dropped out, but yeah. he's around that age to where like, he's going to have to start getting his feet wet in, in the life. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I, Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say I did enjoy all this, his little antics with Artie and uh, Jackie back in the day. Those are cool. Yeah, um, yeah I, I have two last things I want to say. But I mean, really quick on the characters reprising existing roles. It's really interesting what you said about Syl and Polly because I almost feel like I have the opposite really? opinion. Only because I, I just felt like... I don't necessarily think that like, I agree with you in the sense that the poly performance wasn't like, Oh, 
that's straight up Polly that I remember, but I think I appreciated it because it was a little more you. subdued. I hear you. Yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah. with Sill, it felt <laughs> like it was definitely more Sill, but it felt a little ha- Halloween costume. That's no, 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 for you know? sure. That's what I mean. Like it felt a little bit like an impression because, especially with the hair, um, because like they made the choice to show like he had a comb over early on, fine, whatever. But then the piece that they give him, like later on, it looks so fake. But maybe that's just yeah. supposed to be a sign of the times that like back then it looked fake because like they just didn't have modern advancements and in the current timeline of the Sopranos, we could never tell that it was a hairpiece because it looked so he like he's I don't know. I don't know what they're going for, but like the hairpiece looked so weird. That, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're. I. I. I I'll. I'll concede to your point. Uh, the um, poly stuff, like it was more subdued, and I appreciated that more than uh, the sill of it all. I think. Um, the one last thing I want to just shout out. I. I laughed really hard at the um, moment in the Soprano home. I think it was the Soprano home where they were all kind of having dinner at one point, and Tony was there, and Junior was there. And they were talking yes. about football, and Junior's like he had he never had the makings of a <laughs> of a whatever athlete of a varsity athlete. I, a varsity athlete. Yes, that was so good. Um, I fucking lost it at that, and uh, yeah, I had to pause the movie because I was laughing for like a good minute because it was such it was a throwaway line, and like it it's so stupid because Tony's just like, uh, yeah, I think I'm going out for the team next season, blah, blah, blah. Coach says he might give me a few extra minutes on the field. And you just see the camera cut over to uh, junior talking to Janice and just with yeah. like disdain in his eyes. And he's just like, he doesn't have the makings of a varsity athlete. Just even from then, just shit talking his nephew. Oh, I love it. He's been yeah. saying it like, and just, just the running gag of that. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, obviously just knowing how much of a shit show that causes Yeah, I in did that one that. Sopranos episode. Yeah, it was great. Um, cool. So yeah, well, yeah, that's out of the way. We talked about Sopranos for yeah. like 25 minutes. Thank you to anyone who's still with us. <laughs> we, we, we swear to God, this is an anime podcast. I promise you. But before we get into that, is there anything else going on? Uh, any, any fun stuff going on in life? What's up, bro? Anything you want to chat about? Oh, man. Uh, no, I feel like my life has opened up more now that we're done with The Sopranos. Uh, yes. I feel like a weight has been lifted. Um, there's talk of uh, The Wire at this point. Really? But... I'm very nervous because I feel like even more than The Sopranos, that's one yeah, you, you can't, can't yeah. take your eyes off of. Um, right. So that one's going to be tough. I'm not sure how we'll get around that. but uh, Yeah, see, we went opposite. We did uh, The Wire first and then The Sopranos. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think the fact that we're not like, you know, there's not a fucking Wire movie that's not yet. got a month to watch. Um, and the fact I think that one's it's, being released in January, though. It no, it's not. Is it? Yeah, it's about uh, the rise of Omar Little. Is that? I've never heard. I I'm heard fucking that. with you, Is Daniel. Okay. There's no well, goddamn wire movie. Yeah, no. Um, um. So yeah, that might happen. I mean, the fact that it's like only five seasons, you know. 
True, true. And they're like 12 episodes a piece. Yeah, yeah. you're not it's not a, a huge commitment, but I mean, especially when you get to those like the more like season three plus, woo, those are like butter, like butter. Oh my god, love those seasons. Yeah, season Anyways, three and four. Yeah, um, yeah, top top tier. All right, book three. I guess we can. I guess we can into. start talking about this little bald boy who ain't so bald anymore. He got a little hair. You know, he woke up from his coma. Uh, he was in the Avatar state for some time. They zapped him with lightning. He passed out. Uh, he wakes up on a Fire Nation ship. We find ourselves in book three in uh, enemy territory uh, under the guise of uh, Fire Nation. So, Nathaniel, let's let's talk about book three. Here we are, finally, at the end of or at the supposed end of this three book story. We will come to find out later on. That there's more story to be told. But uh, how did this book hit you? Where where are we at feelings wise? Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I like book three. Um, I definitely, I, I think I talked about how, yeah, I feel like the, as the series has continued on, um, I find that I remember, or I feel like I retained more of book two and book three mm-hmm. than book one. Um, and yeah, I, I feel that like that was the case here in book three. Um, but yeah, I, I said over text that I was, I completely forgot how, cause I was like, Oh cool. This season's only 16 episodes, but, uh, it's, yeah, numb nuts. It's really like fucking 25. If you count. Yeah. These episodes are like an hour long on some fucking an hour and a half 18 on part others. finale. Um, so that was fun to find out. Uh, I I assumed you knew. Um but yeah, I mean yeah, I mean this is the season this is the book that we finally get the boy prince Zuko becoming the man he was always meant to be and it's you love to see it, you know. Mm. Let's talk about the fact that it took 3 seasons for our hero to become a fully realized avatar. Can we talk about that? Can we talk about how he was dragging his goddamn feet? For three years, this little bald bitch Aang, your boy, the one who you say is a superior avatar. Can we talk about that? Huh? Um, Do we want to get well, into he, it? He is like, what, like 12 or something? Whose fault is that, Nathan? He's actually 112 because he ran away for a century. Yeah, but uh, he's got the heart and spirit of a 12-year-old hmm. boy because he was frozen hmm. in a block of ice. Like a that little was his squeak. own doing. That was his own doing. Either way. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I what? would run. What? I would run away if I was twelve too, from the responsibility. Hmm. Okay, I guess I. I guess I relate to Ang, the little bald boy in this way. I relate. I guess to I Ang. relate. I guess I relate to Cora, because we take life by the horns. You know, we go. We get after it. Me and Cora. We're different types of avatars. Uh, but I want to ask you, like, favorite episodes or. Um, favorite moments because personally there's a very like i don't think it's an episode that you would categorize as like a very important episode for the franchise but it if for whatever reason it sticks out to me as being like crucial and i love it and i want to know how you feel about this episode it is the beach the beach yes it's that's the title of the episode the beach um refresh my memory 
They're at the beach, Nathaniel. When I say they, I mean uh, Zuko, May, Ty Lee, and Azula. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes, the beach. It's the fifth episode of season three. I mean... Yeah, I'm struggling to remember like the bulk of it, but the the scene that definitely sticks with me is a standout scene where it's like at the end and like he, it you know just the moment of him admitting out loud that his anger is solely directed at himself, right? For everything, right? I mean, the episode on the whole, uh, it's a fun watch for me only because we get to see our quote-unquote antagonists of the story uh sort of be ridiculed and left out for being too cool like they're like we understand them to be like the most elite deadly crew and everyone's afraid of them uh, on the show and we we're we're fearful and all this stuff and then we see them interact with children around their own age and they are the oddballs out they are uh they're weird you know what i mean at least, uh, at least from the standpoint of like uh, Zuko and Azula and May for a little bit, but Tylee, she seems to everyone loves her because she's like flirty and bubbly and whatnot. But um, yeah, no, I I just thought it was interesting to see uh, these very well, like these fierce warriors be like ridiculed and excluded from everyone and struggle to try to make connections with with people like watching azula try to flirt with uh the fire nation Mm. boys or watching uh zuko try to like relate to anyone in the house or just try to like be normal at the party i don't know it was i i enjoyed that because it felt like a slice of life episode where we're uh this entire time it's sort of hard to uh like up until season three, it's been sort of hard to sort of put myself in the shoes of these characters because they're traipsing about through the wilds of this fantasy, this fantasy world. In season three, we see Aang uh, infiltrate a school because he just wants to be a regular boy and go to school. And he like hangs out with kids and teaches them how to dance at like a party. That was a beautiful episode, beautiful moment. And then we see the Fire Nation uh, four sort of have to go to like a house party and they're dealing with their own emotions and the inner turmoil that they have is like uh troubled teens. And I don't know, it just felt all that stuff felt very relatable given that I haven't been able to like relate as much as I'd like to the past two seasons, given their surroundings. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean it, I think it was much needed especially to like set the foundation for um yeah i mean just just to ground those you know like the villain group more yeah um cuz i mean we've spent a lot of time we spent a lot of time in season 2 with like grounding zuko more with zuko and iro in the tea shop and all that but yeah i think you know, it it was nice seeing. You know, every I agree with everything you laid out, but um, yeah, especially setting the foundation for um, you know, having more like face to face, like grounded time with uh, what are their names? May and May, Ty Lee, and Ty Lee, Azula, yeah. yeah, all of them. Oh, I also did some digging. I found out Azula is the younger sibling uh, between the two. She's fourteen. Hmm. Zuko is sixteen. Wow. 
God, she's 14 and she's like this little fucking she girl boss. Girl boss energy out there. Wow. Yeah. Um, I know. I was I was very surprised to see that myself. I was like, oh, okay. 14. 14. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Um Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, favorite episodes. I mean, I've always have had a soft spot for uh the Ember Island players. Really? I, Ember Island players. Yeah. I, I, I remember being really uh smitten with that episode when I first yeah, you watched love to it. See, you love to see creators who can uh, poke fun at their, their own work, you know? Yeah, and I, I think, yeah, it's great to see them, like, you know, poking fun at the characters and the tropes and, and everything. But I also think it is, like, the best version of, you know, because it's common in animation mm, to yes. see clip shows. And this is essentially a clip show without the clip show like it's doing it in a wholly original it, way it's a clip that, show that still adds to the narrative yeah it, it's it's a clip show that's adding to the characters like there's character development there's a lot of laughs and it's all brand new stuff while while summing everything up in a clip show format but with yeah and just entirely original content also while making fun of themselves yeah i mean i just think it's a great and it's moving the plot forward because it's showing it's also showing our characters a side of themselves that they maybe didn't see because we see that with Zuko where he's sitting there and he's like, I'm not really like that. Am I? And yeah. like, everyone's just like, eh, I don't know. And he gets to see how he treated his uncle, you know, or how yeah, it's perceived definitely. how he treated his uncle and I, each of the characters they are they're met with uh, sort of how the world perceives him. And to some, it's to their detriment to others. They're like, fuck yeah, this is great. Like with Toph being portrayed as like a big burly guy, that that was all she wanted. She was like, that's exactly how I feel on the inside. Show me more of that. So I fuck with it. Uh, Ember Island Players is a supremely fun episode. Definitely uh, a great, great episode. Um, as far as action, um, we had some pretty great fights. I personally think... Uh, the infight between Zuko and Azula and with like the little addition of Katara might be like one of my favorites only because of like the lightning and the fire and then the water rushing, uh, like encapsulating Azula and Katara, like doing the breath thing. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed that, uh, that fight towards the end. Um, but before yeah. we even get there, we saw, we saw some great episodes. One of them being uh, Sokka's master. You want to you want to you want to talk about that at all? You want to talk about our boy Sokka? Um, well, Sokka's yeah, master in season three or season two? It was season three. It was I, season three. It's where he gets uh, so, yeah. his sword from the meteorite. Right. Yeah. Nathaniel, I have a quick question. Did you watch mm. any of the episodes for season three? I definitely did, but I. Okay. That is like some of the episodes I'm like very closely paying attention to, and other ones I'm mm. like doing something in the background. I mm. definitely remember you're treating Sokka's, it like a podcast. You're treating yeah, it a show that I, you I need was. to watch for a podcast, like a podcast. Okay, okay, bold. That's a crazy strategy. All right. Well, you know, um, I look. I remember Sokka's master. I remember the freaking sword. Um, the freaking sword. The freaking sword. I. Um, 
Yeah, well, spark my memory. What what well, calls out to I'm, you about Sokka's master? Well, the thing that was going to spark, uh, the thing I was going to bring up was the fact that it is a one and done episode. Sokka is feeling as though he's not contributing to the group. He wants to uh, help in some sort of way. He's feeling left out because he doesn't have bending. And uh, the gang, they're like, yo, I feel like you feel left out because you didn't, you haven't had a master. Each one of us, we've had someone to teach us and instill something in us. Maybe you need a master. So he goes to get a master. Uh, dude shows him like sword making and sword fighting techniques. And he's essentially like a swordsman in an episode. Here's my problem with it. Mm. While I love the episode, quote unquote, Sokka's master. I don't understand why that couldn't have been one episode, but we have him like still learning and still going to see his master while they're in the fire nation, because we spent like a number of episodes in the fire nation. He meets his master, like creates the sword. I know it's over like a week or two of story, like to do all that. But I feel like uh, just from like a storytelling standpoint and pacing and whatnot, it would have been better had we seen Sokka like, dip out every once in a while and say, Hey, I'm going to train with uh, my master going and do this, going to do that. Because there are plenty of times where the other, like the crew, for the most part, their stories were told separately in the fire nation. It was like onesie twosie stories with each other. Why couldn't we have that with Sokka throughout where he was learning like his sword mm -hmm. shit? You know, I think it would have just been interesting to have that story told in the background. And I feel like in more uh, traditional anime, you may have, you know, it, it would have been like this yeah, entire definitely. arc instead of like a one episode thing. And I, I just wanted to bring some of that up to where like sometimes yeah. in anime, it's great that you have like these 25 episode plus um, or 22, 25 episode uh, seasons. And there is some quote unquote filler, but you do get these training arcs where you see the work being done and you get to see the character's uh, growth. Whereas we see it with uh, Sokka, but again, it's in 22 minutes in this episode. Yeah, so it's yeah. 100%. And I mean, <laughs> yeah, and there's, you know, a healthy balance that needs to be found where like maybe this 22 minutes with Sokka is like the worst case scenario and then, or no, well, you got to strike a balance somewhere between um, Hunter Hunter training arcs and, um, you know, uh, something a little more reasonable. Uh, a couple the best episodes. training arcs for my money in anime, and you know where I'm going with this, Demon Slayer. <laughs> Demon Slayer. You cannot tell <laughs> me. Are you fucking kidding me? With Sabito and Tanjiro, him training to slice through the rock that was the best fucking training arc are you shitting me they had time to rest okay. we s oh oh it was okay he says it was okay folks i defy you to find a better training arc it, that was a training arc done in one episode i believe that's how you do it right you got to show time progress they weren't showing shit in avatar so i mean take yeah, i don't know i mean it's it's weird with Sokka, right? Because I, I just, maybe from the creator's point of view, it's a little more like, I guess there's just something, you know, trying to get into their head. Maybe, maybe this is their thought process of like, for a younger audience or whatever, like it's mm -hmm. just maybe more inherently interesting to see bending 
mm-hmm. quote unquote training rather than like rather than a guy swinging around a sword, you know, maybe. And I'm sure like the network had something to do with it. But I'm just thinking if you you spend the time to create the character of Sokka and tell yeah. me that he's important, please spend the time on him to you know, yeah, show definitely me. Just don't tell me. But um, I mean, yeah. Sokka's Master is still like a favorite episode of mine. It's just my only um, nitpick with it is I wish there was more to it than just that one episode because mm-hmm. it was so good. I would have enjoyed to see that relationship a little bit um, just fleshed out a little bit more with uh, he and his master. That's all I'm saying. Um, were there any other episodes that or any moments that uh, sparked interest in you that you wanted to mention? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, one element of Aang's character that I definitely remembered vividly when it started happening again as something I really appreciated the first time I watched Avatar was just the whole concept of him having these, you know, stress dreams about what mm-hmm. he has to do. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think that's, and again, how we've talked about in previous, the previous books, um, on this podcast of just like, in terms of what a show like this is like, um, portraying to like a much younger audience. And I feel like young kids who are probably the target audience for this, I feel like inherently aren't at a point in life yet where they're having stress dreams about something big that they have to do and something stressful in life. Or maybe they are, but they just can't articulate it. And this episode may help them. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying kids don't get stressed, but like there's a certain level of, I I feel like these stress dreams in the way that he, not that any of us have had to uh, fight a lord of any kind but like uh just big work things big relation like things with a lot of uh a lot of stakes in our own personal lives like that's just something that i feel like adults have had more um instances of to the to, to the point where you'd be having these intense vivid stress dreams um so i just i definitely really appreciate appreciated that whole was that over multiple or i think it was just one episode no that was uh one episode it was the one right before uh the day of the black sun i think uh what was it called nightmares and daydreams was uh the title of that episode and it actually has uh one of my favorite uh lines in it is uh when ang goes and he uh he grabs katara and he wraps he wraps her in his arms and he tells her, he goes, baby, you're my forever girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I really yeah, love I love that line. Oh, <laughs> man. I don't know why. That's it just great. makes me laugh every time. Yeah, um, that's great. Um, yeah. Yeah, I also loved... Um, I got a kick out of... It wasn't meant to be funny, but I just... It, <laughs> I was just thinking about like in the scene where Zuko confronts his father and is basically like the fire like everyone says like you grow up hearing that the fire nation is the greatest and this and that but it's actually like the people hate us and it's and and in my head i was like picturing like zuko's at the perfect age of like (laughs) uh you know a young boy who's just like 
starting to read like alt magazines yeah. or whatever and they're like everyone says america is the land of the free but actually dad <laughs> it's fucked up <laughs> yes zuko is becoming woke he's a little he's becoming yeah. like a little communist boy he's getting like a che Guevara shirt or some shit i love it yeah oh, so man. I, I definitely got a kick out of that um uh let's uh, see I, Oh, oh and an- another really quick in my notes, a funny Zuko line was, uh, I forget what episode it was, but it was when he's a part of the group and he, him and, uh, him and Sokka are like commiserating about tough stuff they've had to deal with. And mm-hmm. Sokka's like, and my girlfriend was turning to the moon. Yes. And, and he Zuko's goes, just oh. like, that's tough, buddy. Yeah. He goes, oh, it's tough, buddy. Like what, what world do these boys live in that like, oh, my last chick, she was a moon, bro. Like that's, that's real shit. I love it. But I mean, and Zuko was there for that. Like he knows it. She was the moon, but she had to give her spirit to a little fish or some, I don't fucking know, but it, it, it was great. And, to your point about like even with the Ember Island players, there's that um, moment with the blue spirit saving Aang and mm-hmm. Aang is played by a woman in the Ember Island players and no one but Zuko and Aang and Iroh know that the blue spirit is actually Zuko. And in the Ember Island players, the actress playing Aang hugs the blue spirit and is very affectionate and is like, oh, my hero. And everyone is sort of laughing. And then Aang and Zuko are having this look like, fuck, like this ain't even how it was like it's not even going down like yeah. it was just a very uh funny like little aside i appreciate all those little mm-hmm. moments uh from the creators but um i actually wanted to get into another they're they're okay look season three is like the simpsons uh seasons five through seven for me it's just a murderer's row of hit after hit after hit of episodes mm. So we go like you got the headband and that's when uh, Aang has to uh, go to Fire Nation school. He's teaching people how to dance. You have that. You have mm-hmm. everyone learning how to dance and he and Katara, they they do their moves and it's like so fucking beautiful and fun. And then you have the painted lady, which eh, I could take or leave, but it's cool mm-hmm. to see Katara yeah. uh, like step up and uh, sort of help this community and uh take a more active role in uh in saving lives and it's she's not just waiting for ang we're watching we're watching other people in the group like decide like i need to do something it would have been great to see the avatar decide that he needed to do something because that's his fucking job but i guess we'll have to wait until legend of Korra to see someone like actually take this responsibility seriously um but after the painted lady we see sokka's master which I said was uh, a favorite of mine, but mm-hmm. I just wish that like there's just a little bit more build up or a little bit like spread out more. Yeah. Then we have the beach, which I already spoke about. And then we have the Avatar and the Fire Lord. Nathaniel, can we talk about this episode? This is the one where both Aang and uh, Zuko, much like uh, season one, where their stories intertwine and they tell stories about how they were banished and ran away. Um, Aang is told the story from Roku and Iroh is told a story or uh, Zuko is told a story mm. through uh, scrolls left by Iroh about right. his grandfathers and Roku is told the story or uh, Aang is told a story from Roku about you know his previous avatar life 
And again, these two boys, they're intertwined on their lives because not only do we find out uh, that Roku was best friends with Zuko's grandfather, Sozin, mm-hmm. and uh, Roku is now in the body of Aang, we find out that Roku is also uh, the great grandfather of Zuko on Zuko's mother's side. So if we believe in reincarnation and spirits being passed down and that Roku is living on in Aang, then a piece of Roku also must be living on in Zuko. So no wonder he's so fucking conflicted. He's got this, he's got the, this internal capacity of good inside of him, but he also has this legacy of hate, you know, and fire and just evil spreading Mm -hmm. within him. So he's got, He's got the devil and God raging inside of him to take a title from uh, an emo band uh, album. But mm-hmm. yeah, let's get into the Fire Lord and the Avatar. Can we talk about this episode? Can we please? Do you have anything to say about it? Um, yeah, I I kind of forgot about this episode until you brought it up. But Shocking. I am shocked. Um. But yeah, no, this is one that I didn't actually remember all that well from when I first watched it, but it definitely did stand out. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't, it wasn't in this episode, but it, I, I just think like, I appreciated all the like work in season three. And, and I mean, it started to get into it, I think most heavily, like in this episode, just establishing um like establishing the fire nation as this like or not the fire nation but like fire bending as something destructive well well i mean that's kind of what what we get up until season three i feel Mm -hmm. um but establishing it more as like something positive and Energy. beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. I mean you you get that more in that later episode where Zuko and the fire um, master or the fire master yeah. the, uh, the fire bending masters Nathaniel. Yeah. is what it was called. Yeah, you get it more in that episode. Um but yeah, I mean it yeah, I mean, it was interesting seeing. Um, yeah, I mean, this this like the friendship between uh, Sozin and um, Roku, Roku, right? Roku, yeah, yes. And yeah, they they you know like go kind of the two of them going on these different paths because I mean inherently the Avatar has to like it's a part of their you know, duty or whatever you want to call it to kind of like venture out and, you know, like you have these two characters where like Roku has to be like, I'm the fire nation guy. Like yeah, he, he's got to stay in I'm, the, yeah, I'm here. And then you have Roku who is like, I need to become a man of the world essentially. Cause I'm the avatar. Yeah, he's got to protect. And yeah, he's got to protect everyone. And just, you know, I, I, and again, kind of taking it into like themes for, you know, introducing themes to kids. I mean, it's, 
something that a lot of people have to um, deal with at some point in their lives where it's like you have this like a best friend probably for like, and you have all this in common and then someone leaves, Mm. you know, and then comes back later and it's like things ain't, things ain't right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's what I took away most from, from that episode. Mm. I wish they would have had the capacity to start a podcast and like hash out their differences. Maybe just talk it out. Definitely. And that'd be like, yeah, that'd be like those podcasts where it's like, oh, there's these two comedians who had a falling out and they're like doing a podcast together. It's like everyone's listening to it. Everyone would listen to the Sozin and Roku episode. Sozin, Roku, hot takes. Here we are. Like four hours. I fucking hate you, Sozin. You're lava bending shit, Roku. Like they could get into it. Who knows? Um, Was that, was that the first episode we saw? Or we were, had the dragon thing been established before? No, no. I mean, uh, well, we see a dragon in, like, a dragon comes to Aang in season one. And I don't know if it's supposed to be, like, Roku or what. But, yeah, there is a dragon in season one. But, uh, yeah, I think this is the first time we see anyone, like, riding a dragon. As like as an established animal, yeah. And season three was kind of. I mean, I guess they kind of got into it a little bit in season two with like, but like it felt for me, unless I missed it, like season three seemed like the season where they were kind of like firmly established that like each bent each mm. style of bending had like an animal origin, not water bending. It's the fucking moon. Well, yeah, that that was, a, I remember having that, I asked my, I was trying to ask my girlfriend in that, because they were like, oh, with firebending, it's the dragons, with uh, earthbending, it's the big moles or whatever, mm-hmm. and with um, airbending, it's the sky, sky, bison. sky bison, and then I was like, wait, what is it for uh, waterbending? But yeah, I guess, so it, it, it's, it's the goddamn the moon. moon, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't quite line up. They should have uh, figured something. They should have came up with like a serpent or something. I don't yeah, fucking like, know. Like a Gyarados. Yes, yes. That been you way had better. like you had a big serpent in the serpent's past. Yeah, I mean it's right there. Why didn't you just say those are the original and waterbenders? There, and there was even a Gyarados serpent. That's in one what of I those said. Episodes. I literally just said that. Oh, okay. Are you not listening to me? What, well, what show are you on right now? I'm on book five right okay. now. That's a problem. Uh, um, so, I mean, we can talk. Can we talk about uh, Iroh, our man, uh, the prison escapee, the greatest uncle in the fucking yeah, world? Getting the buffest uncle in the world. Yeah, shredded, swole patrol out here. Uh, that was like an arc I really fucking loved was him uh, appearing to be batshit in the prison, people talking down to him. And then he goes to that one prison guard who's like kind to him, brings him the soup or some shit. And he's like, yo, you, uh, that's like, you might, the, want, you might not want to be here a little bit later. If you know what I'm saying? That's like bringing the, uh, the school shooter who had like the one kid who was nice to him. Yeah. It's like, don't come yeah. to school Friday. Or, oh, God, I, I know. It's so fucking dark, especially with, like, 
the way things are going, but I was going to say you bring him a bullet. You bring the one kid a bullet. And he's like, this one, I was going to put your name on it, but <laughs> never mind. You're good. Yeah. Like, what the I mean, fuck? But-, but yeah, Iroh basically told her like, yo, don't come in tomorrow. It's going to be some shit. I'm going to tear this fucking place apart. And he did just that. Like his, I think, uh, what the guy says, like he was a one man army. So you just yeah. see, like, there's this fire inside of Iroh that has not been quelled. Like he is, he is a man who is like, who has done some quote unquote evil shit in the name of the Fire Nation, and he has resigned himself to a life of peace and a life of mentorship to his nephew, because he feels like he owes it to one his nation and two to the life of his son who has fallen. And the only reason he is like that is because of his own volition. You know what I mean? It's not, no one else has put Iroh in this position except for Iroh, meaning he can get the fuck out if he wants to. He's, he's the dragon of the East or the West or whatever the fuck it was, man. He's a bad Mm. motherfucker, Iroh. And more people need to put respect on his name is what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, while we're on the topic of Iroh, I, I liked, um, his one little, maybe he had already, well, he, he, it wasn't in that moment, but in that scene where he was vocalizing his realization that, you know, when he was like, uh, I always thought it was my destiny to mm, take yes. Bossing Say, but then I realized it was to take it back from the Fire Nation. Yes. I, I just, yeah, it was just such an interesting kind of arc for Iroh, just his like relationship with that city. It was Mm -hmm. a really interesting thing. Yeah. He had some demons, like I spoke about in uh, book two, when Jet had asked him, like, had they been there before? Like, Iroh, he was like, yeah, I've been here before. And, like, he sort of, like, lowered his head in shame. And uh, I'm glad to see that he was able to set things right, finally. You know? It meant a lot to me to see that for Iroh. He, He deserved it. He deserves nothing but the best um definitely um there was two things in my notes that i wasn't crazy about and i wanted to see what your take on it was Mm, so the first the first is the whole thing with um whatever they called him or i don't think he had a name but just the big bald terminator guy oh uh sparky sparky boom man yeah, it was either Sparky Sparky Boom Man or Combustion Man. Uh, I mean, so you didn't like him? Why? Uh, well, I I don't know that I. It's maybe not a strong dislike, but I just wasn't crazy about it. Just in the sense that when he was introduced, it was sort of in the context of like, okay, now we'll unleash this guy and this guy will definitely do it. And I'm like, if that's your, like, why wouldn't you release this guy first? Hmm. You know, it it was just in the context of how he was introduced. It was just like, okay, you just had, he was just sitting on the bench. Why not just put him out there? Well, because up until this point, Zuko wanted to do it himself. That's why. Sure, but I mean, is Zuko calling all the shots? I mean, he's Fire Nation property, isn't he? This Sparky Sparky Boom. I think man. Zuko was the one who employed him. He, so he, he's on Zuko's payroll? He's not on the... He, no, he was literally on Zuko's payroll because Zuko was the one who was okay, like, yo, enough. I'm calling this off. Again, sure, fair Nathaniel, enough, you, but you actually have to watch the episodes if you're going to critique them. 
okay, but why? Okay, no, it still doesn't hold up because why wouldn't he just take him on the boat with his uncle, like in the beginning of the series? Because like, why not just be like, ride with us? Just ride in the steerage. <laughs> ride with us. Come with me on this journey, man. I yeah, think wouldn't because you want to have him in, in, in your No, on because your, in your I party? feel like this guy is like a one man army. You set this. Well, first of all, he told him to find the avatar, right? And kill him uh-huh. if you find him or some shit. But that was Zuko trying to like clean up his messes because he thought the Avatar was still alive. Initially in, in book one, Zuko just wanted to find the Avatar, period. So now mm. in book three, he believes the Avatar may still be alive. So he's just trying to like, you know, right. sweep that well, shit that, under the rug. All right. Fair enough. But But that's not even the... Sorry, Uh-oh. you were kind of cutting out. Your yeah, you're cutting out. What'd you a say? A little bit frozen. Yeah, so is yours. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can't. You're not moving. Can you hear me? I guess you can't hear me. Oh, we're going to have to sync this up later. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Now you're moving. Okay. I can hear and see you. I can only hear you before right, I can well, see you. Okay. What were you saying? Um... Yeah, so I mean, most of the points that you're making, it I, I mean, that's only like half of my thing. Like the other half is just with this guy is I don't I don't know that I fully understood his ability. Oh, Are we just supposed to bending? accept that he's just got some like is it fire bending what he's doing? Like I don't yes. kn- know that I understood it's not water bending. Yes, it's fire bending. It's combustion. I feel, and this comes back later on in Korra. There's someone else who can do uh, what this guy does, and he's got the same, or this person has the same uh, painted eye thing on their forehead. So, I, I mean, I am led to believe like it is a subsect of fire bending, the same way like only a certain number of people could do lightning bending and how Toph invented metal bending, this specific group of firebenders, they only firebend through the power of their mind and through like combustion. I don't know. This is me spitballing. I am going off of the context clues I was given, but I bet if I like found that dude's name and clicked on it, like that's probably Mm -hmm. what I'd be told. So like, should I look it up? I should look it up. I'm going to look it up while we talk. Um, all right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'll start looking up stuff so, while we talk about other shit. All right. So the, the other thing that it's not a strong criticism, but it just felt a little like, I feel like they could have put a little more care into this one episode, this one thing in this one episode, um, that I don't know. I, I just feel like they could have worked a little more like on these making these things fit, but it was in, I forget, I don't remember what the episode was called, but it was the episode where it was basically the Zuko and Katara episode where they go after her father's killer. Like it Mm -hmm. just felt like the fact that the two of them recognized each other. uh, So easily. Right, right. Yeah. The Southern Raiders. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a little nitpick, but it's just like the fact that it just felt too easy. Like, I just felt like there could have been a little more care put into the two of them running into each other. It was just sort of like, that's definitely him. And I'm like, you mm. were like 
eight years old or something. Like I would not recognize. She's only thirteen now. That that's five years. You wouldn't recognize the person who murdered uh, your mother. Maybe. All right then. I mean, we're going off of like I don't know, dude. Like, Uh, okay, but in season one, but I mean, she didn't. uh, Paku recognized Katara because of her necklace. He's like, oh, I know that necklace. I gave that necklace to a woman sixty years ago. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I get that it's, I guess a couple years, but I mean, she's still like, I don't know. It just, it just, whatever you're, you love making, uh, excuses for shortcuts in writing, (laughs) but whatever I roasted. Oh, Nathaniel, I'm giving you like legit like points to the story what's legit? to why what's, le- what's legit i mean she's like that's the, that okay there's a i think I there's a difference like, when like there's in the in the flashback hold on in okay. the flashback okay. he's okay. like gear he's like geared up in this Fire is Nation what you remember garb. he's got this is what you remember he's okay he's got he's got like a huge helmet on and she doesn't see this guy mur- like I think it's one thing if you see your parent murdered in front of do your you, eyes. But do he, you not remember he that like, they chose someone else first? Like she, she was like, "Oh, this isn't the guy." Like the guy even had to tell her, "Like I wasn't there," and she was like, "Oh, there's two attempts. They went to someone else first. So what's your what's the point? What's your point? My point is, is that she it's not as if she remembered initially she made a mistake the first time because your point was like, how did she recognize him? I'm saying she didn't. The guy had to tell her, I'm not the guy you're looking for. The guy you want is over there. And then they went to go find the guy. That's my point. Okay, but it's not like that first guy said that guy right there is the one you want. It was like they they went somewhere else. There was some random old guy walking along the path and she's like. That's definitely him. So that's one thing. But then for this dude, because, okay, your argument initially was that, well, he's the guy who killed her mom. So she would definitely remember. But he recognized her, whereas she would have just been some little brat that he encountered like eight years ago or something. And he was like, for at first, he was like, I don't know you. And I was like, okay, fair enough. And he's like, wait a minute. You're that little water tribe girl that I talked to for five seconds eight years ago five years ago okay five years ago um again not a big deal (laughs) but uh i just remember thinking like i wish i don't know i wish there was uh a smooth like a a smoother Mm. transition into that okay Um, I'm reading the wiki entry for Combustion Man, and it says Combustion Man's primary ability reflected in his given moniker, the ability to perform uh, combustion bending, a rare style of fire bending that allows him to trigger explosions from a third eye tattoo on his forehead. This is done by channeling chi energy from his stomach focused into his forehead on a third eye tattoo. This energy created... uh, 
This energy is created thin, transparent energy bolts that cracked like firecrackers and they traveled until exploding violently upon impact with a surface. So there you have it. Uh, oh, well. that's what I was thinking it was. Is like, you know, sounds like they, Nen to me. Even so, Nathaniel, would you rather uh, the creators give us seven episodes to explain why Combustion Man can do what he does? <laughs> Or would you just yes, rather I want to see the Avatar I was crew cool, training I was cool with Zuko paying, paying this dude and saying like, hey, find find the Avatar. Because I know that Zuko is like a nationalist and he doesn't fuck with anyone who's not Fire Nation. So it's like he's hiring waterbenders to go do this shit. And combustion, that means fire. So like, I don't know. I just took it all at Fire Nation value. That's all I'm saying. You got a lot of problems with book three, it well, seems like. All I'm saying is I think that I think that they should have faced off with Combustion Man in a volleyball contest. Why? Um because that's what the best anime stories do. They have a volleyball arc where you fight with your uh, special abilities in a volleyball match. I mean, every huh. great anime that I know of. I've only does made that. it like seven episodes Exhibit in a haiku, so I can't Greed even. Greed Island art. Like, volleyball. Did they have volleyball in Greed Island? Greed Island? I don't, dude, I have pushed Hunter Hunter to the recesses of my mind. I, that, so that was the. That, that, they really had that volleyball was the joke that I, <laughs> That's the joke that I was making. I thought. We're on the same Holy page. Holy shit! Yeah, there's, they you had don't remember that whole stupid Island? volleyball <laughs> no. uh, match? Oh my god! Thank fucking god! Uh no, I don't. I don't. You don't remember? You really don't remember that? I don't. Thank God! I'm put. I pushed it was, that away. They, they fought. They fought with Hisoka against the big buff dude. No, dude, that's dodgeball. Like, they played. Like they played dodgeball, Nathaniel. Okay, what, whatever, dodgeball. They're, they're too yeah, similar. You fuck. Dodgeball. You, Who you cares? You made me think ball, I was ball, stupid dodgeball. for a minute. Listeners, I'm sorry. Nathaniel had you me couldn't, crazy. You couldn't, he had me you out couldn't, cross, you couldn't. No, because just, they're two separate sports. They're so this similar. is a kid who got picked last. They're not. There's a net. You're not allowed to throw the ball at someone in dodgeball. What are you talking, or in volleyball? What are you talking about? <sighs> I can't. There might as well have been a net. <laughs> This friendship is on the brink, and when people ask me like what ended it, I'm gonna tell them, "Oh, this fucking idiot over here didn't know the <laughs> difference between dodgeball and volleyball." So I was done with him professionally after that. Uh, can uh, do we want to get into the final episodes of uh, the season? Uh, like the ones that you told me, "Oh yeah, no problem. I watch them real quick," and then they turned out to be like four hours, and you're like, "Oh, I gotta get back to you." Do you want to talk about those? Are we not talking about those? Um, I'll be honest. I didn't pick up most of what you just said. You've been like in and out for the past couple minutes. What are we going to do? How are we going to continue? I asked if you wanted to talk about. Can uh, you hear me? Yeah, I can barely hear you. No, I can hear you. All right. I'm lying. Uh, do you want to talk about um, the last few episodes? Nathaniel. Say that one more time. Do you want to talk about the last few episodes? 
Yes, we can talk about the last few episodes. Um, cool. Well, by last few episodes, you mean just the last four parts? Yeah. You know, like, we got uh, Sozin's Comet, uh, the Phoenix King, the Old Masters, Into the Inferno, and Avatar Aang. The motherfucker waited till the last episode to finally show us something. But here we are. Uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> what? How how su- how quickly was fucking Korra like, yep, I'm 100% the Avatar and I'm here and I'm the Avatar. Within, I told you, we've been over this within the first four minutes of her show. She mastered all, all the styles in no. the first four minutes of the show. She knew how to bend all of them in the first four minutes of the show. And she was only like Barely. three or four years old. She was a prodigy. That's she... She was known as a prodigy, just so you know. An annoying prodigy, but sure. <sighs> no, I don't who, know many prodigies who are not annoying, sir. Who said, true. Um, who said what? What? You, you said something like, who said... I was going to say who... Whatever. I don't know. Okay. We'll, we'll save the core talk. It's about core. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> save right. the core talk. Um, oh, who said she was a prodigy? I know. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. get into that. Um, uh, before we get into the final episodes, I just want to show, uh, throw a quick shout out to the... <laughs> I got a kick out of the um, the Hotman gag and uh, calling people Hotman. Hell yeah. Hotman. That's, that I had uh, two things. I was either going to say, greetings, Hotman, or hey, Dom here. And I chose the latter. But uh, Hotman, um, Flamio, he was always hitting them with the Flamios. Flamio, Hotman, love that. Yeah. I love all the Fire Nation slang that Aang thought he was uh, hitting everybody with. Yeah. Um. So, as far as these last four episodes, how did they hit you? Because I got to tell you, these were, this was like event television back in the day. This is why yeah. I binged uh, all of these episodes as quickly as I did uh, when it was originally airing because I wanted to watch the finale live. You know, I wanted to be a part of it. And <clears throat> I remember this being like a huge moment and Nickelodeon having like these long ass marathons with all the episodes and key episodes and they had they even had uh these pop-up episodes where they would show you the episode and while the episode was playing there'd be like these little blurbs that would pop up with uh little notes about certain characters or a little (laughs) behind the scenes things as the episodes are playing as like to get people hyped for the finale it was pretty cool Mm mm-hmm So did you have anything you wanted to mention on these episodes or no? Um, well, yeah, I mean, from like a high level. Um, yeah, I mean, like on a high level, I just feel like, and especially the way it's like packaged on Netflix. I mean, it's essentially a feature length film, you know, the, mm-hmm. these final things. And it definitely feels that way. It's like, I feel like it's, you know, speaking in anime terms uh, more explicitly, it's like, I mean, this is the like finale that you want to see 
you know, of like a big actiony kind of series. It, it I feel like it it hits like all those beats um that you want from like a big fantasy epic and like things like the final fight or the final two fights because there's kind of two big fights happening at the very end it's like it everything just feels like the perfect mixture of everything like nothing's too drawn out nothing's too over the top like the weight of everything feels perfectly attuned to like what's been set up before it if that makes sense no definitely every like it was a culmination but yeah like books one through three set everything up perfectly for this final fight and like in a way that i you know i think um avatar succeeds where a lot of like shown any kind of action anime go where it's like you know there wasn't some like insane you know like power up ridiculous like true just over the top power up thing at the very end you know where like the yeah Fire these were Lord all unleashed uh, you're i'm sorry yeah yeah it was a sent you know i mean it's pretty much like the entire series it's like okay you know there's this comic coming that's gonna like give him a, a boost and that's basically what you get and it's like a proper challenge but it's no more and no less than that you know they're just uh, yeah there i i appreciate that there wasn't some like wacky overindulgent kind of um last minute final fight stuff but mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, well, yeah, I mean, what are some of your more specific thoughts about it? Here's what I didn't like. And I understand that they needed to have it because you gotta, you gotta explain how Aang learned this, but, uh, he was taken out of the action for a lot of it, uh, with him being stuck on the giant land turtle. And like I said, I understand that he has to learn energy bending somewhere, but it just, I didn't, I didn't like him being removed from the action for so long. I did enjoy seeing uh, the rest of the gang in their uh, respective roles, Sokka and Toph on the ship with uh, Suki, uh, Zuko and um, Katara. But yeah, I don't know. I just felt like there could like even though Aang's primary bat, uh, battle was supposed to be with Fire Lord uh Ozai, I felt like there could there there was more he could have done elsewhere. You know what I mean? It didn't have to just be that one fight where he battles, you know, the one bad guy because I don't know. It just feels like as far as the series goes, he he had one big challenge. Yes, he 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 conquered it, but I don't know. I'm just not impressed with all he accomplished, to be honest. He he got rid of one one dude, one big bad. You know, over the course of the rest of the episode, sure, he he helped. He did some stuff. But this is like the one thing we saw him do. And while it was a spectacle and while it was a fun fight, I was left wanting more. And that's primarily the reason why uh 
I had to like dig deep into the comics that came after, like all the Avatar stories, the promise, the search, all that shit that they set up. And like, I didn't actually read them. I just watched some YouTube videos that explain what happened, but I just needed to know like what, what happened more in the life of Aang after this, because it felt like this was only this, if, if this were like a traditionally long running anime or some shit, I could definitely see like books one through three being like the prologue. You know what I mean? Like this just starts the story of who Aang is going to be or something. So for the fact that like we see him defeat Ozai, great, fine. But I was like, what, what comes after this? He's only 12. There has to be more. So that's what, that's what I was into. I was more interested in that. I did love the story as a whole. I did love seeing the fight, but I was left sort of just like, meh, that's it. Like I needed, I need a little bit more. Nathaniel, you look so perplexed. What's up? Um, I'm, I'm straining. I'm using a hundred percent of my power right now to hear as much as I can of you because unfortunately out that for the listeners what at the home fuck? will sound perfect to you but the internet connection is not perfect so i'm picking up like chunks of what you're saying and i i think it is the gist of what you were just saying that you feel like at the end of the huh what'd you say nothing keep talking this is me for keep talking all right, you're I, like a big, messy blur on the screen. So I apologize. I can't see. I thought you said something. I thought you were interjecting. Nope. Um, nope. So is so the gist of what you're saying, as far as I could pick up, was that you feel like at the end of the day, you were disappointed that Aang in books one through three didn't accomplish more. He only really did all this work just to take out this one, to neutralize Correct. this one guy. Correct. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can see, I can see that. I think, um, yeah, in, in typical anime terms, maybe this is kind of what you were getting at too, but yeah, in typical anime terms, like this would be like one arc, mm-hmm. but it's this, in this case, it's an entire series. Correct. Um, whereas in, in legend of Korra, from what I remember of it, it is more, it feels like there's more arcs quote unquote, where she's oh yeah, like, there's plenty. Yeah, are they all good? No, they're really not good at all. But there's one that's not that great. I will give you that. There's I honestly, a, I honestly can one. only, I can honestly only remember one of them. So um, one being not good, or you can only remember one. I can period. only remember one in totality. Really interesting. Which one? The first one. I, th- I think the first one, the one with the guy who can erase. Yeah, yeah. Bending was that yeah. the first one? Yeah, Amon. That was the first one. That was pretty yeah. good. Sure. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. um, Fair enough. No, but overall, um, while I did love uh, the finale, I was left wanting more uh, in the sense of just like watching my protagonist be more realized and be more well-rounded. Like him taking out this one threat is good and all, but 
you showed me like throughout the series, I was shown like this entire world with so many problems and it seemed like he was pretty like focused. It, I mean, he had no choice in the matter. He was given a ticking time bomb, like within the first few episodes of the series, like, yo, this comet will be here by summer's end. And that's when Sozin's gonna, or that's when Roku, not Roku, but uh, Ozai's gonna like wreck shop. So you need to get your shit in order. So he really, I mean, he, this this entire story was about him defeating the fire lord so i get that uh and yeah. me wishing that there was more after is specifically why they created the comics and uh i'm glad they did because it answered some questions i wish uh we would get to see that animated at some point and maybe we will now that uh they're coming out with like the whole avatar network of shows and shit and all those yeah. other movies and whatnot from the creators so yeah we'll see. I, I mean i i definitely agree and i think to be fair like i do feel like some of my frustration with cora came from i just mm. it was it was painful seeing those scenes knowing of, that of yeah. the crew and i'm like yeah. i it, it was hard I to yeah it, it was like give me was, this yeah, it was hard to focus on core when I'm like, I, that's the thing I wanted to see next. Yeah. Like, I, it, it, like there's so much story there and all this history right. and all these problems that they still had to face. Um, yeah, like we, their, we only got the beginnings of the stories for all of these characters and seeing the flashbacks in Korra with like Sokka as a general of the Water Tribe, like an esteemed uh member of the armed guard or whatever just just seeing the way he carried himself now i don't know just seeing these little moments yeah. it was always great uh I, I don't agree with toff being a cop but that's whatever um like i feel like she would have gone into pro bending because we learned that pro bending is a thing i i don't see how she could have been like anything but a pro bender i don't know that's we'll talk about that some other time but um, uh yeah no there are plenty of stories to be told and i just I wish we would have gotten to see them animated instead of just in comic form and in flashbacks and Korra. But that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's my thing. I, I definitely, I definitely agree. Yeah. I mean, it feels, yeah, it's like the story of Avatar, the last airbender in books one through three, it's really just the journey to like, cause this is like a problem so big that it's like nothing else can happen until this gets mm -hmm. taken care of. Right. And, and then you have, and then after that's taken care of, it's like, okay, it feels like now we can finally like start now we doing know everything these characters. else. Yeah. Yeah. And then to, to cut that yeah. short, it's yeah, yeah. to cut, it feels like it feel like if you just showed someone books one through three with no outside context and was like, okay, based on that, what do you think this whole thing is? Like, I think most people, I think you'd be totally within reason to say oh yeah avatar the last airbender it's probably like a nine season show or something <laughs> you know right. like it feels like the kind of thing like it's where, just gonna keep going yeah where there's just like i don't know okay they beat seasons. the fire lord now what oh now nothing unfortunately now the show is over yeah and i forgot but they they even kind of like they even tease that yeah. one thing with, with uh, zuko's Zuko. mom yeah and i'm like i i would do you remember? Do you remember that back when you yes, watched it yes. live? Did you yeah. feel like, oh, there's definitely going to be a next 
season. People were buzzing. We were we were all thinking like, okay, if not uh, another season, then maybe like a direct-to-video movie because this was still 2008. That was when they were still doing that type of thing where like, I mean, they still do it now, but it's more like it goes to streaming and shit. But we were thinking like maybe there would be like Avatar DVDs. We didn't know. Um, but yeah, it, mm-hmm. they, they throw that out there and everyone's like, okay, but what the fuck happened to his mom? And then we find out like years later, there's going to be comics coming out. And if you want to find out what happened, you have to read the comics. And then uh, it, it, it didn't translate for me, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's so bizarre. I mean, when we, when my girlfriend and I finished it the, the other night, I was just like ranting to her. I'm just like, everyone fucking like everyone around our age is like obsessed with avatar. Like it's so popular. It's such this like comfort show that like so many people love. I'm like, how the fuck is no one just throwing down money for them to just do something else and like continue. They are like adapt. So they are going to finally, what do you, yes, I said they are the creators. They have, they have a deal with Paramount. Uh, they they're coming out with so much shit. I'm not okay, talking about enough. the Netflix stuff. All right, fair enough. But like, how did it take this long to get to that place? I feel like it's been popular for. It has, and there were four time. seasons of the spinoff show uh, Legend of Korra, and that ran for years, and people enjoyed that as well. Some people didn't. Uh, you may know them. I don't. Uh, but it takes time to get this shit off the ground, and like. The creators, they got involved with Netflix a few years ago, and uh, it was supposed to be like everything going to Netflix. And then the creators left Netflix uh, like a year and a half ago. And everyone was like, well, what the hell is going on now? And then it was announced that they uh, signed a deal with Paramount Plus. So, I mean, things have been in the works. It's just we Mm -hmm. haven't gotten to see everything. So do you know, like, are they adapting these comics like no comic. it's all it's been pretty hush hush as far as uh what's going to be happening but uh i mean i guess i can look it up while i i didn't i don't know why i didn't do this earlier but uh let me see if i can just new see it's gonna give me like avatar like james cameron shit i mean talk about another avatar where there's apparently a billion things in production yeah, I know. And we haven't seen anything yet. I was just watching some uh, National Geographic shit on Disney Plus, like, you know, like to fall asleep to, you know, whales and shit. And it was James Cameron. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got all this extra footage because I'm filming uh, Avatars 2 and 3 simultaneously. And they're all underwater and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, what the fuck are you even doing here? It's been 13 years since those movies came out. Ah, <laughs> uh, Whatever. I, I, I got nothing. Um, Avatar Netflix success convinces Nickelodeon to expand. That's from July 21st, 2021. Um, all right. I guess I can read this. Um, oh, it's a fucking indie wire thing. Jesus. Okay. Fans of Nickelodeon's Avatar Last Airbender got extraordinary news in February when Viacom CBS announced it is bringing creators Michael DiMartino and Brian Konetsko uh, back to expand the franchise with a new series and films via the creation of the Avatar Studios. The show in, 
uh, experienced a boom in popularity during the pandemic when all three seasons became available on the streaming site Netflix. Uh, yada, 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 yada. So, yeah, I mean, what more do you want? Hmm. Um, I want more. I want more of the bald boy, little bald boy, but big bald boy. Hmm. I want to see that big boy, bald boy. I want to get some adult. I want to get some serious stuff. I want. I know. I know. Some sex scenes with the with the bald boy. I think. And Katara. Re- you don't think rewatching uh, Korra will make you appreciate like anything about what that story was doing because essentially it's telling more mature avatar related stories just with Korra. Um, I don't know. I, if we want to go down that road, we, mm. I mean, we want one day, one day. I just one feel day. like, I feel like we've been off the, uh, traditional anime oh, train long it, enough motherfucker we would have been watching bebop this week if you wouldn't have been pushing it so close with your goddamn soprano shit so let's well, i'm wide open it. now i'm wide right, I'm, right. I'm very i'm very excited to cool to get into bebop sweet all right well i mean do you have any other closing thoughts on uh this little bald boy and the world that he uh introduced us to um yeah, I mean, I think it was it was a fun rewatch. I, I think I don't know that I've like wavered mm. any differently than what my thoughts were kind of initially. Um, I feel like I'm probably good with Avatar. Like, I feel like I can't. So it hasn't really... raised. It hasn't like raised or lowered in your books at mm, all. It definitely hasn't lowered. Hmm. Okay. I don't know how much I don't know how much it's been raised necessarily. I, I feel like I feel like I couldn't imagine a scenario where I would rewatch it unless I had like a kid one day. Ooh. And I watched You're with having them. a kid? Like, What's up? No, I'm I'm not, but I'm just saying like that's a hypothetical. Is your girlfriend scenario. ovulating? Is she ovulating though? I I don't know. Where's she at on her cycle? I can tell you right now. Um in the middle. Heavy flow week or no? Have what? Is it a heavy flow week? <laughs> um, definitely. You know what? No, we gotta no. Keep that to yourself. They sign up for the okay. Patreon to listen. I'll to erase that. this. No, no, no. Leave it in there. But like, you gotta but, pay yeah. to hear it. Um, yeah. All right. Um, so closing closing thoughts. You, I mean, it's still it's in your books. It's not any higher. It's not any lower. Would you say? Uh, would you say you enjoyed this watch? Yeah, I mean, it was it was fun. I mean, and my girlfriend's a big fan, so mm. you know, we got to watch it together. I didn't nice. have to uh, you know. Did she have any hot takes that uh took you by surprise? Did she have any opinions of characters or was it all pretty like standard? I don't think she had any hot takes. I mean, it was very funny just like going back looping back around to from my perspective on the Sopranos, like cause normally our our we kind of had this routine where like after work, we'd kind of sit down and watch as much Sopranos as we could. And then when we get into the bed, we watch Avatar and it's like, we'd be on the couch watching Sopranos and I'm like, fucking look, fucking look, pay attention. Yeah, and then we'd yeah, be yeah. in the bed and then she would be like, what are you doing? Like, 
pay attention. Yeah. Like this is the this is an incredible thing. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like <laughs> so that was kind of the dynamic for like four great. weeks. Um well, I mean, is yeah. there any hope that she will continue and watch Bebop with you? I think we talked about it. I think she I told her that that's what we were doing you and I for the podcast and she seemed interested and I mm. said that but, but like the thing with her is she can't watch anything subtitled. Mm. Um, oh, well I, I, I watched Bebop subbed or uh, dubbed anyway. That's fine. Yeah, well cuz but I told her I said we can watch Bebop dubbed because I've heard that it's got like what like a top tier dub yeah yeah so I, so yeah I, I think yeah. i think we will uh watch that together so that will cool. be interesting well i mean i would like to record you know sooner rather than later and let's uh let's dive into bebop folks so on this next episode guys we will be covering uh shit i should look up to see how many episodes bebop has before i tell anyone how many episodes we'll be covering right i guess yeah that might be smart uh let's see man uh you don't want to vamp give me any like uh um no okay man uh tough i i liked i like the line from in uh ember island players where the actor says my name's tough it's like tough because that's what i am hell yeah and then she spits fucking yeah epic all right, so uh, season one has. Uh, they didn't number these. That's cool. Nice. Season one has a lot of episodes. Um, well, not a lot, like twenty five. We'll split it in two. I can try uh, and look it up. Oh yeah, I mean, just anyone out there, go count the episodes and split it in half. Yeah, and that's those are the ones that we will be covering uh, on this next episode of Wasteland and Anime Podcast. So look forward to that. Uh, we'll, we will be uh, riding on the Bebop coming to you next week. Uh, There's so 26. Guys, 26, so 13 and 13. Uh, quick maths, not even a problem. I don't give a fuck. I do that all the time. Uh, which episode is 13, though? Ooh, 13 ends. It, it says part two, so... Oh, beautiful. It looks like it'll, it'll Ooh, end Jupiter cleanly. Jazz. Yeah. All right, perfect. Guys, uh, on this next episode of Wasteland Anime Podcast, we will be covering episodes one through 13 of Cowboy Bebop, uh, plus some other shit. I don't know. We, we'll figure out what else we'll be talking about. Um, mm-hmm. But again, this has been Wasteland Anime Podcast. I want to thank you all for listening. Please rate and review on iTunes. Subscribe, like, do all that shit on Spotify. Share with everyone that you can. Uh, and we'll be back next week to talk to you about, you know, stuff. Goodbye. <laughs>